Welcome, bet riders around the world. My name is Gary Solomon, and you're watching the Laid Back Bike Report Town Hall number six. Yeah, we have a very uh, special show for you today, a very unusual one, a departure from our usual shows. So I hope it's something you guys will enjoy. Let me tell you just real quickly uh, about our town hall uh, segments that we do every week now. Uh, they feature you, the viewers, as guests. We try to bring uh, the guys that watch the show on and show off what it is that they do that uh, their fellow bet riders might be uh, interested in. We typically will have uh, an Ask Me Anything session with an industry leader. We don't do that today, but uh, we will get back to that on the next town hall. And panel discussions are also a big part of what we, uh, what we try to accomplish. Again, not on this special show, but we have a great panel of, uh, of experts uh, on the recumbent scene that can answer your questions, and we will bring them back for the next town hall, of course. Now, in today's uh, town hall, we're going to bring you uh, five recumbent musicians that are going to share some of their original work uh, with, with all of you. Uh, this has been created just uh, for us and for this show, so we're very honored to have these, uh, these fine guys uh, uh, put, having put together this, uh, this work just for the show. I hope you guys uh, like it. All right, let's meet the crew that have worked so hard on this show uh, to put this together in a way that's a little bit more unusual uh, than what they're typically used to. First of all, from Salzgitter, Germany, it's uh, Lars Kamm. Hello, Lars. Hi, guys. And uh, from uh, Jackson, Mississippi, or thereabouts, it is our media guy. It's Trey Burgoyne. Hey, Trey. Howdy, folks. And out in Colorado Springs, in the mountains, his head way up in the sky. As usual, it's Larry Seidman. Hello, Larry. Hello, Gary and everyone else. All right. Larry's going to handle the banners and the name tags today. And uh, I didn't say it, but Lars, of course, is doing the directing, as always. See what he just did there? That was amazing. Thank you, Lars. All right, guys. Let's, uh, let's start out today, first of all, by telling you a little bit about the sponsors who make this show possible. First of all, TerraCycle, makers of exquisite recumbent parts and accessories for your bent. And Trailside.bike, a fine recumbent bike shop on the Withlacoochee Trail in Florida. For a limited time, get a free trike for your buddy when you buy a new Azub or HP trike at Trailside. Check the link in the description below for restrictions and details. And Cruise Bike. Designed for the cyclist who wants to ride farther, climb faster, and adventure more. All cruise bikes and frame sets ship free in the USA. And TerraTrike. Every participant in TerraTrike's virtual rider fest will receive an entry into a raffle for a new TerraTrike of their choice, including the much-anticipated TerraTrike Spider and GTS. Ride what you like. But get out and ride. Look for details on the TerraTrike website at terratrike.com slash riderfest or on the TerraTrike Facebook page. And the Hostel Shop, America's premier recumbent dealer 
with the largest variety of recumbents, parts and accessories in stock and ready to ship to your door. All right, guys. So let's jump right into the uh, into the music, if we can. I want to uh, let's start out with uh, Kevin Brown. Now he's uh, in Box Wiltshire, and here is the first piece he sent us. <laughs> One of these days, I won't land on my seat. I'll go flat on my back. Hi, everybody. Here's a song called "Train Will Come." Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right, 
ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Brown. Hello, Kevin. Hello. <laughs> that was a wonderful piece. So your train will come. Uh, first of all, welcome to the Laidback Bike Report. It's an honor to have you here. Uh, well, what can I say? What can I say? Words fail me, Gary. <laughs> this is a really poor time for words to fail you, Kevin. But don't worry, we're going to have more music uh, from you here in a minute. Let me be more specific. I'm sure that it will all come to you. Um, tell me a little bit about that song, that your train will come. Okay. Um, I believe, if I recall correctly, uh, that was written almost to myself. Um, I had a deadline to to com to finish writing uh, in order to begin to record an album. And I got a block and I couldn't do anything. No matter what I tried to do, I just couldn't. Uh, and I kind of wrote that song um, for myself to say, don't worry, you will get through this. And it was weird that that actually broke the ice, you know. Um, so that 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 was the uh, the moment when that song uh, uh, arose, really. It was actually finished um, in Clarksdale, Mississippi, a couple of years ago uh, by a friend of mine um, who gave me help with a couple of lines on it. But it's just, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's just, you know. Uh, it turns out to be a great intro, I think, uh, for your music anyway. So let's let's talk a little bit about your music and your musical background for folks who don't know. We're going to get to your recumbent writing here shortly, but tell us about your musical background, Kevin. Well, I was born and raised in Preston, Lancashire, a, a cotton mill town. Um, and uh, before I ever touched a guitar, I was football crazy, but I... I I found my first guitar when I was about 11 or 12 years old, I believe. And then not long after that, we had a live broadcast from a railway station in Manchester, not far from my hometown, featuring Muddy Waters, Sister Rosetta Thorpe, Willie Dixon and Otis Spann. And uh, my father and I could not believe what we were seeing on the television. Um, and we both instantly became true blues fans and that and that was my baptism into the blues um watching that black and white television so i was 14 years old then and that was it you know football just sort of took a back seat soccer and uh, both both my dad and i um got heavily you know became very passionate about it and uh, uh yeah that that was my beginning and then strangely enough uh so that uh, Five or six years later, I was busking in Portobello Road. And uh, that used to take me a couple of hours to hitch down to from Preston. Uh, and I used to hitch down on a Sunday to the market in Portobello Road. On Saturday night, I would be at home um, listening to my blues records, one of which was uh, a record, uh, an album by Sun House. Would you believe that when I was busking the next day, he actually appeared in the audience watching me and a gentleman walked up to me and he said do you know any songs by Sunhouse and I was just so embarrassed because they're they're very difficult to play and you know I don't tackle these these are mystical things that I just leave you know so uh, I apologized and um, basically what they did they 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 gave me some money, which I put in my case, and they said, come with us. And 
they looked after me for the day and I ended up looking after some house while uh, his manager then, uh, Dick Waterman, uh, did some chores. And uh, some house taught me three highly valuable things that I applied to, uh, to my, my love of blues. And to this day, which you heard in that song there, uh, one of the things he instilled that I did was, was rhythm. Another one was to start writing my own songs and uh, start to wrap the slide, weave, weave your slide plane into the songs that you're writing, you know, uh, and to that this day, shows. I'm yeah, that shows because you did that on that first song. OK, uh, let's um, I want to get to your bike riding, but uh, let's wrap up the musical part. I, I know you also have made trips to the U.S., to learn more about the blues and such. Tell me quickly how, how that went. When did, you, when did you come and what did you learn while you were here? Who did you see? Well, the first trip was a pilgrimage really to um, uh, the Gunter Hotel in San Antonio, which I didn't actually find. But because of that, I ended up living in Austin, Texas, which was the, the greatest open university for musical education. And for the last few years, I've been going regularly to Clarksdale, Mississippi, and, and further soaking up the magic and learning, just learning, learning, learning all the time. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm a songwriting, blues-loving velanaut. <laughs> that is a great way to get into uh, talking about the biking that you do. So um, how did you, I think the first thing we need to talk about is how did you get into re and discover recumbent riding uh, in the first place? Where did you start? I... That happened because of my interest in uh, making, uh, building model gliders, which I've done. You know, when I was 10 years old, I built model gliders, had a, had a bicycle and uh, played football. You know, a little has changed. So through my interest in flying gliders, um, I met a man called Martin Cowley, who went on to work for Air Environment, who were the company behind the Gossamer Condor, which crossed the English Channel, the human-powered aircraft in 1978 and I got an opportunity to, uh, to, to get involved in this in a very backroom kind of way. But there I saw my first recumbents. The pilot, Brian Allen in 1978, would train for this channel crossing in a recumbent and that was my baptism. And then I went to a festival in Britain um, of human powered flight, human powered vehicles. And that's when I saw, that's when I met uh, Mike Burroughs with his speedy machines and also saw the um or the first fully fed uh what were they called damn um let's pop up that slide of the of you on the trike early on you can tell us how this fits into it though yeah that's so um <laughs> man that's my record label there dude our records you know uh, everybody needs one by the way um so that tricycle i'm sitting was a speedy it was a wind cheater designed uh, Speaking by, of Mike Burroughs, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't mine. That was owned by a man called Glenn Thompson, who had come up to Bath from London that weekend to help me build my speedy kit. Because I could never afford a fully built thing. But then uh, Mr. Burroughs issued the kits and, well, we were up and running. So uh, that's, and uh, 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 he, he lent me his speedy in order to go out and, you know, 
try it out. We just passed by my record, the, the, the head office there. All right. So let's let's jump uh, to more recent times. And uh, there is what you're writing today. Tell us how, uh, as we stay on this slide, tell us how you discovered Velomobiles and how you ended up getting this particular kind. Tell us what it is. Um, I've just remembered the name of the first Velomobile I saw, which was the Vector um, at the Zappel Festival of Human Speed, Human Power in Britain. Um, so how did I, why that? Oh, I went to Spetsy. Uh, I went to Spetsy and there I examined as many um, Velomobiles as I could. Uh, and I met Harry Lieben there. And, um, that and when me. was this, Kevin? Pardon? What when? Five years ago. Okay. Um, but the, the the mango has turned out to be perfect for me because it's got great load carrying capabilities. I use mine as often as I can as a utility vehicle. Um, I enjoy going fast in it if I can. Um, it's so practical. It's strong. It's not the lightest. It's not the fastest. But for me, uh, it's perfect. And right, I have let's a go to the next slide here as we continue to look at it. Go ahead. So one of the beauties of the Mango is that uh, it's short enough to fit into my Citroen Berlingo. I take all the seats out and the nose uh, joins me in the front to the left. Um, and I put those two ramps up in the uh, up in the roof area when, whilst we're travelling. And on top, I have a roof tent, which we have a picture of. Yeah, so let's I go can... to the next one. Yeah. Uh, let's well, let's well, go ahead and go. talk about this, and we will yeah. get to the roof tent. That shows you how much stuff I can carry in there. Um, so it ticks those boxes for me. Uh, most of that goes in the back or down the side of me, um, and there's still plenty of room in the front, which I haven't utilised yet. All right, let's go to the next picture here. Oh, my word. Who's what is that? that? <laughs> Who's that? Dale. So there we have everything. The Rezo Dan, the, um, uh, that's the mango with the, uh, with the tour cap on, which I use in winter. Um, and that was filmed at a disused air, a shot at a disused airfield just outside my, my town here in, in Bath. And so that is... That is, in fact, the cover of a CD that you're gonna that we're gonna talk about here in a minute. Let's not get to there just yet, but amazing picture. I love that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Next one. Let's go to the next one here. Okay. Yeah. Here we go with the tent on top. Tell us about how this all works. Okay. So with the Velomobile inside, which only takes a minute or two to to get in there, and the tent just takes a moment to to you know to get it ready. Um, I can travel anywhere I like in Europe. But not only that, I can travel at 55 miles per gallon in that vehicle. So when I get there, I'm completely self-contained. Uh, and it's made, it's made for a very interesting, wonderful uh, economic life. A great combination of vehicles then for you, isn't that? That's great. Uh, Absolutely perfect. In fact, there is a vehicle that's slightly shorter than the Mango, which is the, um, uh, oh, come on, we were talking about it the other day and I've forgotten the name. It's a new one from Sinner that Harry worked The Hilgo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, yeah. So the Hilgo is slightly shorter even still than the Mango. But that's my package. Yeah, very exciting. Very nice. Okay, let's go to the next one. 
Now tell us, so we saw all that stuff stashed next to the to the mango that you use. And now this is your setup. Tell us a little bit about what you do when you go riding in that mango. Um, well, I use it for shopping. I use it for busking. I can get my guitar and my amplifier inside there. I use it for rehearsals. I use it every day. I use it as much as I possibly can. And one of the things I enjoy doing is popping out to the local woods and sketching. Um, I've, I've rekindled my love for drawing. That seat goes by the side perfectly. Uh, and, my, I, you know, I'll have music on on my phone, very nice and gentle and soothing music, and sit and draw. Oof, what more? What more do I need? It's, right. Let's take a look at. So let's take a look at what you might. There you go. There's one of. There's one of Kevin's drawings. They're beautiful. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. That looks very relaxing. That's something we could all use right about now, isn't it? That's that is beautiful, Kevin. Thank all right. You. Um, that's amazing. Uh, Trey, if you could go back to that slide, the the cover of the CD, and as we talk about this, and then we can pop it back up. Um, Kevin, tell us what's what's coming up for you musically here. Uh, you told me something about uh, a, a new CD or something. Tell us about when that's coming out and what 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 it involves. Okay, so a lot of the work I'm doing right now, up until the launch of this, which is June the first, a lot of the work I'm doing is is introducing people to to what I do, to my sound and my songs, so that when this does launch on June the first. Um, We'll have a you know a fairly decent sized audience um, to whom we can shout about this the release of this. This is one of the best records I've ever made. Uh, I love the sound of it. It was done very very naturally. A lot of it was live. I'm very very proud of it. Um, and that first song that you played, uh, "Your Train Will Come," is actually on. Is that on this album or is that not a previous album? Yeah, that's on this one. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, very good. This is my road band on the album. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Very band. nice. All right. So um, we're going to need to finish up here. I want to let folks know that uh, that Kevin is a, a huge advocate of sustainable transportation, especially, obviously, using Velomobiles. He's real passionate about this, and he's got a lot to say on it. And we're going to have him back. Uh, I have plans to put together a show about sustainable transportation, especially with Velomobiles. Uh, Kevin, we'll have you back on for that uh, on a panel, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, but uh, for now, I think we're going to call this the end of uh, your segment. Let's, if we can, play out with this second. I love this this song. Uh, I, I think it's called Alamo. I don't. Is that the no. is that the right name? What's the name of it? Okay, it's called Lancashire Blood on a Texas floor. And when I was in uh, San Antonio looking for the Gunter Hotel where Robert Johnson recorded, I went round the Alamo and I discovered that two guys from Preston, my hometown, were found dead on the floor. And that's what, the, you know, the morning after the battle, 1836. And it blew my mind what two guys from Lancashire were doing in San Antonio that long ago. So this is a song I wrote. This is a touching song. Kevin Brown, thank you so much for joining us on the Laidback Bright Report. Uh, we will see you again soon, pal, and uh, you take care of yourself. Thank you so much for having me. Thank All you. right, let's play it.
way down south a long time ago. Sun went down Alamo. Snake stop crawl, winter Long time ago, 
sun went down the island. Way down south. Kevin Brown, folks, uh, another wonderful rendition and a great song. Thank you so much, Kevin. Let's, uh, guys, move along uh, now to uh, Thurso, Scotland, where we've got our pal John Hopkins of Inner Tuba fame. John's been on a few times, as you guys know. He's back to talk about what he's doing in lockdown. Uh, it's going to be a lot of practice and learning audio recording techniques, I think, is what he's going to talk about. And he's also promoting the idea of inner tuba uh, introducing house concerts uh, into his future tours. Uh, so whenever we all get back on the road, I know uh, John is going to be out there uh, promoting these concerts. So, John, come on up here. Hello, John. Hello there, Gary. How are you this evening or this afternoon for you? Depending on where we are, doing great, John. It's it's good to see you as always. So thank you so much. Let's jump into the house concert concept. I guess you might say. Tell us what this is about. Okay, just before that, thanks so much to Kevin Brown. Wasn't that lovely? It was Wasn't beautiful. It? Uh, the house concert concept is that is purely the idea of people hosting concerts in their own homes. So um, I had the idea, having seen a few of them. Uh, over the last few years and had, having attended some of them, I thought, well, I, I could maybe do this. And um, I had the, the opportunity to present my first house concert in just before our UK lockdown um, at the end of January here at uh, recumbent tricyclist Stuart's house. <laughs> You've just seen a picture of that in the, in the build up to it there. Yeah. Okay. And so um, I guess maybe to further explain what this is all about, we've got a video that was made uh, while you did that first concert. Uh, yes. Go ahead. Do you want to say a little yes. more? Special thanks to Pat Douglas. These things come round and go round. She she happened to be available to come and, and film and then subsequently edit this uh, this this clip from uh, the the first house concert at Stuart Alex and Sandra's house, and um, and she actually also was one of the few people back in the in in the year two thousand who introduced me to recumbent tricycling. You know, she's she's actually a luminary in all of that and knows an awful lot about it. So there's a synergy there um, all around. You know, so thanks to thanks to Pat for turning up with all her techno wizardry, and thanks to her for uh, putting all this together for us. All right. Well, let's let's have a look at her technical wizardry and some of your musical wizardry right now, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. 
John, that was wonderful to see what Thank you did there. Um, let's uh, maybe back up a little bit. So most folks who watch Laidback Black Report have seen you on before and know mm -hmm. that uh, last year you made the trip to the U.S. and mm -hmm. uh, you did ragbri with uh, your trike and a, a trailer and uh, played the tuba on the way. A wonderful, wonderful experience for you and all the people that you met, I know. Uh, and you uh, had some plans for doing another uh, trip uh, this year, which obviously things have changed from when you initially made the plan. So tell us how the lockdown and the coronavirus has affected your plans uh, yeah. that you had. Yeah, the, the original plan was that thanks again to Ice Strikes and Connecticut Yankee Peddler over in, in Sheraton, Iowa, um, I was going to start peddling the entire length of the Mississippi River Trail, starting south of New Orleans and ending up in the near to the, uh, the Canadian border in Minnesota, uh, giving performances all the way. Um, it just I just don't think it's viable to even think about starting to do that. It might be okay if the whole thing wasn't so heavily dependent upon um you know community involvement all the way along uh, that is going to old people's homes and day centers for people with learning disabilities and playing with community bands and all of that sort of thing but the idea right now of contacting those sorts of people who are you know deep in difficulties looking after their folks is just not viable so uh, i had a chat with dave hendricks just last night i managed to get a hold of him um from connecticut yankee peddler and um and we're, we're still keen for it to happen as and when that can be but we none of us know when that can be there's so many issues at, at stake for international travel at the moment that we're keeping an open mind about it and i'm i'm fairly relaxed i'm quite lucky that i'm one of the people who can lock down relatively comfortably all right so um we're going to get back to the house concerts in, in a minute but let's uh let's take a look now at what's going on with you there in thurso right now under lockdown so uh, I want to know how you're dealing with it on a on a daily basis. Are you out riding your trike at all? Uh, how has it affected you? Yeah, I, I I thought about how to answer this question, Gary, because I knew you were going to ask it, and I'm not out riding at the moment. Um, I think that for ordinary people, and now lockdown in the UK isn't as draconian as it has been in Spain and Italy and places like that, where they absolutely were not allowed to go out on their trikes and bikes. Um, here, we are allowed to, and we can go out, and I would absolutely encourage anybody to do so uh, if they feel that it's going to be helpful to them. But at the same time, this, the, 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 the message, as I see it, is very, very simple, and that is stay at home. And I'm one of the people who is lucky enough to have enough space about me 
with loans <laughs> of other people's gardens and loans of people's houses that are away to have enough space to be able to quote unquote stay at home and so you know i don't need to be out on my trike um, and leave that to the people who have got more difficult home circumstances who need to have the space to go out you know for example if i were to go for a walk along the beach and though we've got beautiful beaches here um i i might encounter people who need that space more than me at the moment so i'm 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 quite happy to be locked down and so I'm not riding my trike at the moment I've had plenty of adventures in the past I'm confident that at some point when the world sorts itself out I will have more adventures again and so I'm happy with the training rollers within four walls yeah. very good all right John Elliott here's a comment you need to hear those nice low sounds are great for our old eardrums that can't pick out the high notes anymore he says yeah John you're absolutely right and I've done some work with people who have um, um hearing impairments and one of the things about low frequency sounds like this is that they can be felt as well as heard and so therefore it's it's absolutely super for people who who for whom we know that they're you know deaf for example or for people who we're not quite sure because of a profound series of of of, of multiple disabilities how much information that they're taking in from the world around them um, and low frequencies is visceral you can feel them as well as hear them and i think that that's one of the one of the beauties of these lovely old i, I always um you know i i i i find that I, I I go to the base of every instrument of every piece of music. I listen to music from the bottom up. The best, you know, clarinets are the bass clarinet. The best string instruments are the double bass, and so and so it goes. This particular instrument, I just want to say this because this is another sort of synergy. My my, my main tuba. Um, is still in Iowa <laughs> in the USA following last year's tour um, because we were anticipating that I'd just sort of pick it up and rather than ship it back and forwards, leave it there until I could come and use it again. Um, but this this lovely, beautiful old instrument was my second tuba and it was bashed up and I didn't really have much regard for it. But it's been done up recently by a tuba luminary called uh, Mike Johnson down in Manchester in northwest England. And he's done a wonderful job on it. And I'm so delighted because he had the vision to see that it's uh, that it was going to repair and be a good machine. And it's 90 years old. And the, 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 the sounds that you're hearing today have been produced on that. Um, uh, beyond that, um, he's also part of our crew in that he has just recently bought a Haza Pino secondhand um, so that him and his lovely wife, Karen, who's a clarinetist and singer, can get out together with their um, differing physical abilities and um, and enjoy recumbent riding down there in Manchester. So you know, <laughs> it just Very. goes around, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. John. All right. So let's uh, I want to finish up with uh, one last uh, question about what's going on with you. Um, I know and our viewers know that you are a renowned warm showers host. You yeah. used warm showers when you were uh, on tour and you are a great warm showers host. And of course, that has to have changed as well. Tell us uh, uh, what uh, you've uh, had uh, there as far as warm showers guests in the past and, and what's going on right now. And we yeah, can go to the you. slides, Guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's outside one of my two tiny little properties. That's one of the properties. I'm renovating that house behind. And that was taken just before I came to Iowa last year. Now, Thurzo is on the on the um, famous route of um, Land's End to John O'Groats or John O'Groats to Land's End. And we're about 20 miles here west of the destination of you know the northernmost point of that john o'groats and so all the time usually i've got people from warm showers coming through you know 
10, 10 people a week through the summer. I also run a little Airbnb, and that's all completely locked down. Um, so we haven't got any tourists here at the moment, and we don't know how we're going to find our way back economically. Next or, slide. Or what. That's, uh, yeah, there's another couple of people, warm showers people. So, you know, the, the whole idea of home and being able to um, reciprocate hospitality and be open to people is something I'm sadly missing at the moment because, you know, we all have to be isolated. And so it's beautiful shows like this that help us to get over that sort of stuff. Right. And that last <laughs> slide, please, Trey. So last of the warm showers picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just... <laughs> Two two couples who happened to turn up on the same night from different nationalities. I can't remember where they where they were from now, but that was last year. So creating um, a home. I mean, that's what this is about. And I know that yeah. segue us into uh, this last segment, bringing us back to uh, to your plans for the future with these house concerts. Tell us uh, what your plan is, John. Well, I th I think I, th I think that we will be able to return and it's a great we're, we're all missing it those of us who are who who live for being on the road and live for traveling of course it's difficult for us to lock down and people have found themselves stranded in different parts of the world at the moment um but we will come to a point where we can where we can adventure again we're not quite sure how that's going to be or how it's going to pan out so what i'm suggesting is that if i can put forward the idea that anybody in any part of the world can put themselves forward as a potential host of a house concert if they've got a house that's big enough and it doesn't have to be that big um and then we can put it a pin in the map and we can see how the world unfolds and whether it's going to be possible to go there and at the moment as we'll see um um in in, in a video we're about to show um i've got invitations from australia and new zealand i've got one in india i've got one in sweden i've got uh, quite a few in scotland at the moment and we don't know how the world is going to open up and uh, with what restrictions and what opportunities. But I think um, I want to take a leaf out of Kevin Brown's book. I think part of my new touring might have to be a little bit more spontaneous. So putting together a busking show would be a good idea, coupled with house concerts. And at each house concert, if I get the chance to put the bucket around and and and, and, and make some money, because <laughs> we all need a bit of that, um, then that might fund me to stay a bit longer in that town. And if they're open, go and do a show thanks to the generosity of the people at the house concert in the old people's home you know it might have to be as spontaneous as that of course all right so uh, we're going to close john with this uh, last video that we worked on together to uh, to explain and to show uh the folks what you have in mind and to hear uh, a, a wonderful song. Uh, so i'm going to say goodbye i'm going to let you cue it in but tell us before we go about this song that that is on this video and and what it's about i i, th I think it's i think it says it in the text um as we as we see the video um that that comes through because because thanks to your generosity now folks listen to this uh, gary j solomon the man with the green hat um he and i for the last week have been working collaboratively and artistically on this video which you're about to see and he should not and we should not underestimate the the amount of artistic talent that this man has um i i, I had the sort of storyline idea um i had um, the, the, the wonderful association with Willie Gilmore, who's my co-performer and the composer of this piece here. But the visuals are all entirely down to the artistry of Gary Solomon. And I can't thank him enough. It's a, it's a wonderful piece of um, 
of, uh, of of creativity. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. No wonder, no wonder you keep coming back. I have to have <laughs> you back after you pitch me up like that. All right, folks. Let's <laughs> let's see, John. Thank you so much. We'll have you back again, uh, of course, uh, again soon. So thanks. We'll see you all. Take care. Stay safe. All right. Everybody. Let's Thank play you. the let's play the music. All right. Thank you, John Hodkin. Beautiful piece. So going home, well, here's a, a guy who is almost never at home. 
uh, that goes even for right now. Now, uh, our next guest is somewhere in New Zealand. Uh, it's David Brandenberger. And uh, David is a really interesting guy we've had on the show before. And if you don't know what he does, this video is going to show you exactly what he does. Let's play it.
from so far away, it's already tomorrow morning. Folks, there he is, David Brandenberger. Hello, David. Hi. <laughs> that's I can take my face mask off. Yeah, that's you've grown your own face mask, which is uh, yeah. that's very creative. Hey, welcome. It's great to have you back on the show. Hey, thanks. All right. It's great to be back. Super. Tell us, uh, tell us about that song that we just heard that 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 you've put together with that trailer. Tell us about the song. Oh, that song was uh, written, I don't know, uh, two or three years ago or something like that. Uh, and I just uh, keep on uh, working on that song. And uh, as I was uh, once back in Switzerland and um, needed to have some uh, songs for my slideshow, I uh, went to my friend. Uh, he's a drummer. Um, and uh, we just uh, played that together. And about the third or fourth take, uh, that was it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy uh, with this uh, song because it, it's a, a little bit of a mixture of all what I do. Uh, I'm, I'm really based in, in the blues, and, uh, but I, I also like a little bit more heavier thing like rock and, and heavy metal or something like that, but still also some, some uh, other things like funk. And so, so you, you have a little bit that funk in, uh, style in that. And, uh, and it's funny that uh, even the, uh, the hard part, the, the uh, chorus that is used uh, for, uh, from another band, from uh, uh, the Christi uh, Christian uh, metal band Striper. Uh, some later, they had a recording, and um, they we don't know each other, but they they write a song that sounds uh, just like mine. Uh, it calls uh, "Take It to the Cross," "Take It to the Cross," and it's just like the same what I wrote years before. So, uh, Michael Sweet, that's my idea, not yours. <laughs> there you go. Tell him. Tell him. All right. So that rhythm, thats it's amazing. I love that. All right. So you mentioned uh, Switzerland. You are Swiss, and you started a, a little while back on this long journey uh, from Switzerland. And I know it's not your first one, but let's talk about the solo trike. So, uh, on this on this most recent journey, tell us where the solo trike has taken you when you left Switzerland. Where have you been? Uh, yeah, that was um, nearly five years ago. Now uh, I left July or June uh, two thousand fifteen uh, in uh, Czech Republic, uh, all to Poland, Germany, uh, down to Greece and uh, Turkey. Oh, Georgia, Azerbaijan, Iran, uh, yeah, through uh, the stands like Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and then to China. And yeah, the, the second part where, where you have seen on this uh, trailer, uh, I went uh, through China, uh, South Korea, and then down to around Australia, and uh, now uh, through uh, the whole of New Zealand from the top. To the bottom uh yeah no, and I'm, so I'm, that's yeah so you and that you of course were planning on just continuing along and i'm going to ask you about that in a minute so but right now after the coronavirus uh struck uh you found yourself in new zealand planning to make your next move so 
tell us what happened. Where were you going? And and tell us how what what happened to you when uh, when your plans were apparently foiled. Yeah, I, I really was uh, just on the go, um, and the same week that the lockdown was issued, uh, I had to ship the trike one um, to Canada. But that was, that lockdown came so quickly, I, I couldn't uh, change any plans or whatever. So I just uh, thought it, it's best to, to keep it here because I don't know where to store it in Canada because I already had uh, organized some hosts where I could be. But uh, that's, that's gone with that uh, lockdown. So I have to change very quickly all this. Uh, it was... It was Really, one day after the other was a new decision made. So I, I, I just uh, canceled the shipping. I left it here and uh, I have to do some repairs anyway. So I have to um, exchange uh, one of the front motors. So I have to wait for postage, international postage uh, can reopen again and uh, do some repairs. And then uh, I will see uh, that I can find some storage place where I can store that uh, small thing here uh, for the next uh, half a year or something like that and, and we'll come back in March or so and, and just continuing like I, I planned. So the plan week. is then to, to get, put it in storage and then you'll head back to Switzerland for the duration until you figure you can get back on the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the plan was uh, anyway that I will go back for next winter, uh, like September, October, back to Switzerland, spend the winter there and go further on uh, next spring. But yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. OK, so, uh, well, that's that's great, David. And uh, we wish you the best uh, and and hope you can get it. We'll contact you again when you get back on the road and see how, how that all goes. In the meantime. I think we're going to say goodbye and uh, let's finish off with this song. I I put your song Laid Back Dream to uh, some slides that we had for you. Can you tell us about Laid Back Dream? What's that song about? Uh, yeah, Laid Back Dream um, is uh, just mainly uh, just like a, a kind of a jam thing. Um, That's uh, another instrumental piece. Uh, it's uh, it's very funny because uh, normally I write more music with lyrics because lyrics is, is for me the the main thing to uh, express something or so ma mainly I write more the lyrics before and then the music but as I said I, I needed to have some uh, instrumental music so I, I came up with uh, with this one that was just uh, a pre-recorded drumming uh, in in the program that I used for uh, cutting all this uh, music together and I just uh, yeah laid it run and and played to that and uh, what which just came out of my my mind and uh, then put some bass and and some rhythm and we're is. gonna we're gonna hear that here in a second <laughs> yeah. we let me just before we leave uh, you david i know we've had a few questions about uh, our, uh, our our guests today and i'm going to try to keep uh, most of the questions to the end of the show so we can have a nice flow with the music here uh alva hendrickson uh, alva 
it was on uh, a few weeks ago and wanted to know if you have a YouTube channel. You do. And uh, and so let me just use this to broaden uh, the answer to that question. Of course, uh, as always, guys, we are going to put the links to all the guys you see on the show today in the description below the video. So you will be able to contact them right down below. And of course, it is especially appropriate for David, who is below uh, the Southern Hemisphere right now. David Brandenburg, yeah, an always a treat. Yeah, always a treat. <laughs> Always a treat to have you on the show. We wish you all the best. Thanks for coming on a laid back black report again. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Very nice. All right, folks, let's move along to Portland, Oregon. And I'm going to play a song for you now by Jonathan Garcia. This one's for Marilyn. It's called Live Another Day. You know I'd change the world for you if I could I'd find a way to help you feel understood And the first thing that I would like to say 
is that we need your love to live another day Ghosts like this come upon you crying It goes like this ask you what went wrong It goes like this you say there's no sense trying in a world I clearly don't belong You know I sing about your virtues when I can I'll make your long-term happiness a part of my plan But if you're gonna win the game you have to play You know we need your love to live like this you find the strength within you it goes like this you reach out for your friends then it goes like this we don't feel sorry for you because you find your happiness again you know I changed the world for you if I could I'd find a way to help you feel understood And the first thing that I would like to say Is that we need your love to live another day Yes, we need your love to live another day Absolutely beautiful. Jonathan Garcia, welcome back to the Laidback Bike Report. Thank you, Gary. Wow, that was so beautiful. Now, I know that song has some very special meaning to you, and I don't think most people know about it. Can you tell us about that song? So that was a song I wrote um, about Marilyn Hayward, which was, uh, she owned Coventry Cycles, which was a, a recumbent-specific shop, and I went to work for her um, five years ago. And Marilyn had been in a, um, she had been in a serious bike accident and had uh, brain damage from that accident. And she was uh, very well respected in the recumbent community. She was, uh, he, she held the world record at Sebring for her age group. And I didn't really know Marilyn before the accident, but I got to know her, um, of course, as I was managing her store and she was, uh, very troubled. It was very difficult for her because she was just learning to, uh, you know, do everything again. And, and, uh, she struggled a lot. So she had this part of it was she could compare what she was, she could remember what she was like before and, and how she was at that point. And so, um, that she was, uh, you know, she lost her fight with that depression, but I wrote that after she passed away. It's a great tribute, uh, Jonathan. Uh, I'm sure she would have loved that. So, all right, let's uh, let's talk about your musical background. First of all, I've known you for a while now, and I know uh, uh, some uh, some things about you. But I was surprised uh, a little while back to see you playing the guitar on Facebook, and that's when I first learned about uh, your musical abilities. Tell us about your background. Well, I started pretty early. I was uh, 
nine or 10 when I started taking piano lessons. So I started on piano. Uh, my mom kind of insisted on it. Uh, and my piano teacher happened to be my teacher in elementary school. And then he became my music teacher in high school. So um, I had it in, so to speak. So I played piano for the choirs. And then at a certain point they found out or he found out I could sing. And, and so we, he kind of pushed me that direction. And then I got uh, kind of recruited for Eastern Washington University to sing in their jazz choirs. So I spent, uh, you know, three years there singing in their jazz choirs. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's uh, pivot a bit here and talk a little bit about uh, your recumbent world. So uh, I think most folks know that you now own your own uh, bike shop with a partner. And uh, tell us about uh, Rose City uh, Recumbents. So Rose City Recumbents uh, here in Portland, Oregon, I own with Robert Haller, which uh, is another name in the recumbent industry that you guys may know. But Robert is the um, product manager for cruise bike and so he has been since we opened the store actually before i think but um the two of us make a really good team during this covid crisis we've been uh just kind of staggering we're open five days a week but we're doing curbside drop off and pick up and that's been working out really well it's uh it's been a tough month because april well april was our usually our our busiest you know our best month and so um, our shop, we kind of, we're half and half. We do half trikes and half two-wheel recumbents. And so uh, we've always had that really nice balance. A lot of shops I know have switched to trikes. And for us, the two-wheel market, it's been really good for us because we're one of the last that carry a lot of the different brands. And we have examples of almost everything. And then we have um, some cool vintage stuff too. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, if you're anywhere near uh, Portland, guys, you go check out Rose City Recumbents. They are an amazing shop and online as well. Um, one more quick question on the bike shop. So everyone I'm talking to, all of the retailers I'm talking to saying, especially maintenance wise, though, it's getting very busy now because everyone is out riding. Now, Portland, everybody's always out riding. It's not so unusual there. Is, is that your experience as far as uh, having maintenance being a, a big demand right now? Well, we've had a steady flow um, of, you know, past customers that, that come in and have us. You know, I've been doing a lot of handlebar switches and a lot of those kind of things. It's Portland's, there's a lot of bike shops in Portland. So um, more so than a lot of cities our size. So we end up having uh, some of that, you know, some of that carries over. But, you know, we're really specific. So all the recumbent people, you know, they come to us. But. Uh, I would say it, we've just missed out on the sales part, you know, because we're just hesitant, at least initially, to put people on bikes and trikes until um, we feel like that's a more safe situation for everyone. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, let's finish it up here with this second very cool song uh, that also has a story behind it. Um, yeah. Tell us about this is called Take You There, right? Tell us about Take You There. Yeah. So. Um, this is another, you, you asked me if I had any bicycle themed songs and this is, this is probably the closest. So this is a song I wrote for Maria Parker, the owner of cruise bike. And she was, uh, about to do the second Ram, uh, that she did with the team and with Jim and company. 
And I wanted to kind of express the feeling of riding a bike without mentioning, you know, any of the parts of the bike. So it's, uh, it's describing the feeling. And there's some reference there to, I use the word hope because she had that movie about, um, that was called Hope. Um, and, and so I made a couple of references to that, but she, uh, that was what I put together and it, it came out, I play it in my live show quite a bit. So yeah, it's a, I like the song. All right. I think, well, she, I think she did. I don't know. Well, I'll hopefully she'll watch and then let yeah. us know about that. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time to create a couple of beautiful pieces for us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again soon and uh, you take care of yourself. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right. Let's go ahead and play uh, the next song then. Thank you, Jonathan. Beautiful, beautiful. I hope Maria gets a chance to hear that. So, all right, folks, and on to our last guest here. Uh, one of these guys is no stranger to the laid back bike report, has been on many times as a panelist and as a guest. And one guy is a complete stranger to the laid back bike report, and we're happy to welcome him. So, here are Tim Kane and Chris Roberts. Hello, guys. Gary, how you doing? Hello, everybody. It's great to have you guys on. So, 
Uh, Tim, yeah, you know, ever since you came on to help us on the show, uh, we have all, I'm sure, noticed the guitars in the background, and you talked to us a little bit about it. And when this show's idea came into my head, I had you in mind for uh, for playing a little something, and uh, thankfully, you were all over it. So, uh, first of all, let's uh, we're going to get to the music at the very end to play us out, but uh, let's have a little talk first about what you do and what you ride and that sort of thing. So. First of all, um, Tim, tell us about your musical background, and then if you can, Chris, let's hear yours. Sure. Well, Chris and I are childhood friends, so we go way back, and uh, I got my first guitar from Chris. We, we started playing as kids, and uh, he bought a kind of a cheap piece of crap and played it for a while and then sold it to me. <laughs> so uh, it, it, we had the early introduction of wanting to be rock stars like a lot of kids do, and uh been play, played in a lot of bands in and out together and uh, um, played uh, shows all, all around here. But uh, mostly my main thing I enjoy doing now is uh, writing and recording, you know, production kind of stuff. Chris, uh, we'll see his significant other singing with him here. He plays he plays a lot of live shows out now. I don't do as many. And then our, our other guy in the video, Bill Stone, he's a, he's a really talented drummer and musician, still player around a lot with him so uh just been a fan of listening to music and playing music my whole life so it's, it's really kind of that simple for me all right and chris so uh you were a childhood friend of tim's i'm not going to ask you what he was like as a kid <laughs> but uh tell me a little bit about your musical background other than selling crappy guitars to your friend <laughs> well as you can see from all the guitars in tim's background he's moved on from that first crappy guitar that i sold him <laughs> had a bargain I must say, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I I started out playing uh, as a young teenager and uh, um, ended up uh, having ambition to be a, a a rock and roll musician on the road. I, I toured for a few years with a band called Alliance in the eighties, uh, early nineties, and then um, I gave it up and had a uh, four kids, and uh, uh, to be quite honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of glad I wasn't a touring musician with a family. Uh, however, uh, I'm kind of making up for that a little bit now. Uh, my significant other, Michelle, uh, and I play out quite a bit, and uh, uh, we do things like house parties, bars, hotels, and things like that. But we just we have fun with it, and we do quite a bit of recording as well with uh, with Tim and uh, and others around here we just have a good time that's the most important thing and i think that shows uh at least on this video that uh, you guys have fun so all right how about the recumbent side of things so how did you guys uh, we know a little bit about tim's uh chris how did you get into recumbents well interestingly enough through tim he sold me uh, uh my first uh, uh vision r40 and uh, uh, under seat steering took me a little bit to get used to it. And uh, 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 I can remember I called Tim uh, not too many days after I, I got the bike and said, uh, well, I'm not so sure about this. He said, keep with it. I'm so glad I did because uh, it ended up being a wonderful bike. I put thousands of miles on it. And I've since uh, uh, purchased a, a, um, a, a Rans. Uh, and then also I have a, a performer, uh, JC26X uh, trike, which I which I really enjoy. Now I uh, 
um, uh, wouldn't go back. And then Michelle, my significant other, she uh, uh, rides the a Vision R44 now. Awesome. So I didn't know your wife rode too. And Tim, well, we're not going to go deep into this. I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but why don't you take, see if you can do it in 30 seconds and name off uh, some of the bikes that are in your garage. Oh, well, there are fewer. I'm, I've been thinning the herd so I can buy more. But uh, the R40, as Chris pointed out, and unlike the crappy guitar he sold me, I gave him a Sam, let's show while we're doing this, if we could, uh, uh, let's show the slides and then uh, as as sure. uh, relays uh, all the bikes. This ahead. is our this is our drummer Bill Stone, by the way, super sure. talented yeah, musician guy too. That's he's on a Rans V Rex there. Okay, Trying, we're talking Bill Bill into getting a trike, so he's we're kind of helping him shop for a trike these days. And right. uh, let's just kind of page through him, Trey, if you would. And this is that's Chris on his uh Rand's Extreme. First day he got that. That's his he got that for this from AD Carson, by the way. Ah, okay. AD Medicine. Uh we realized nowhere near the halfway point as we drove up to medium between Des Moines <laughs> and where he lives. Like, hey, wait. Recycled recumbents. <laughs> okay. Some shots of, got these last week out on the trail. This is in the nice weather in Iowa. Yeah, we had some some great days there. We are today too. So I'm gonna go out for a ride later. This is me and when it wasn't nice. <laughs> I did did a lot of winter riding this year though, so I'm glad I did. That's good. So, what were you riding there? I can't that see. was my Scorpion FX twenty FS twenty six. Okay. All right. And here I'm on my uh HP Velotechnic uh speed machine, which right. I that's kind of my go-to ride when I need the suspension, if I'm going to hit a rough trail somewhere. So, okay, and that's the same bike. This is Chris and I just took turns taking pictures of each other for the show. So. Very nice. I think that's <laughs> some of, some of the behind-the-scenes secrets. <laughs> we got one more shot. Yeah, a, yeah, we got a couple more here. Yep. Now look at you. That's a Big Creek Lake, which is a great fishing lake here in the Des Moines area. Okay. So. And I think that they're going away. Cedarville Lake. All right. Very good. All right. Very good. So, uh, yeah, quickly, uh, what, what other, what other, uh, do you have? I, well, my most recent is the, the Carver tie glide that we did a couple shows about the Mm -hmm. custom job that turned into production bike. And, uh, I've had a couple different Ranses, uh, V-Rexes, a lot of miles on those, the vision R 40, Trikes, uh, Cat Trike 700, um, the speed, the the uh, HB. Obviously, I just mentioned too many to mention here. I I've tried them all. You know, That's I'm always fine. looking for. It's like guitars. You're always looking have, for the perfect ride. With you, better to yeah. say something like, "And I guess we're running out of time." <laughs> I think that is what I will say. And uh, folks, you are in for a treat with the song that uh, Tim put together here. Uh, one, tell us, uh, tell us about the song before we get to it. If you would sure, sing. There's a song I wrote, and uh, Chris's uh, girlfriend Michelle. Her, she has a wonderful voice. She's singing on it. And uh, a buddy, uh, 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 another crew comet track writer, Dan Heffern, plays the bass on it. He's not in the video, but he has a 700, a Cat Track 700. And uh, and uh, Bill Stone, who I mentioned earlier, is playing the drums. So this is just the original 10. We put in a ride of Chris and I that we took last week. 
Right, you're going to see that on one of the uh, on one of the squares that you see in the video. So, all right, Chris Roberts, Tim Kane, thank you so much for coming on the Laid Back Bike Report, sharing your uh, sharing your multiple talents and multiple bikes with us. So, thanks a lot, guys. I really enjoyed all the other bent musicians too. Thanks. Fun. We'll stick around and we'll we'll uh, open up for questions here right after the end of this one. So, all right, let's play that very last song. <laughs>
Same for me. That was wonderful, Tim and Chris. Loved it. And the rest of you guys. All right, uh, Lars, if we could bring up uh, our guests. I think everyone except for Jonathan is still here. We'll take a little bow and uh, have a couple of questions on chat here we might want to ask here. Um, I think Kevin is the questions for Kevin. Kevin, how you doing? You still there? Can you hear us, Kevin? Uh Kevin, can you hear us? No, <laughs> Kevin, can you hear us? All right. So uh, the question was, how do you fit in the mango? I don't know that Kevin can actually hear us right now. So we'll have um, we'll have him answer that in the uh, comments in the video below, so that we know. And uh, let's see here. There was also, I think. A couple of comments here at the end. Yeah. And uh, there's some applause for you guys. Thank you very much. For, from Alva. More thumbs up, more applause. And uh, also from the UK, I know Julie and Mark were watching. They are appreciative. And... Joe Antonio, outstanding. No sound. Yeah. So we can hear you, but you can't hear us, us, Kevin. So don't worry about it, buddy. Your mic is muted. Yep. So now we hear you now. Can you hear us? No, it's okay. All right. So, anyways, one last thanks to all of the musicians who played, and we really appreciate it, guys. Lars, come on back to me if you would. We put them all backstage again. And uh, we will uh, we will finish up the show here uh, talking about uh, what's coming up. Um, first of all, uh, next uh, week, we have our regular monthly laid back box report, May 10th, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Still working on some stuff for that, so don't have too much to say. And the week after that, May 17th, we'll go back to the uh, laid back box report town hall format. And uh, we have some stuff lined up for you. Two o'clock, of course, on that one as well. Bent Expo videos posted another one this week. It was Ice Trikes, and uh, we've had a lot of people have a look at that already. Um, so Pat Patrick Selwood uh, was on and uh, talked a lot about what uh, Ice Trikes has available. So we hope you guys will take a look at that. And uh, working with Cruise Bike and Azeb right now. So um, in the coming week or two, we should have those uh, Bent Expo videos out as well. All right, guys. So if you enjoy our shows and everything that we do, or at least partially what we do, we'd appreciate it if you would uh, like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. And you can look for that little white eye up there. It will take you to our webpage. And um, we can also uh, hope for your uh, Patreon patronage. That is, if you contribute a uh, dollar a month at the very minimum, it will help us out on the Patreon page. So that helps to support us as well. We'd appreciate it. All right. Uh, let me thank my uh, my wonderful panelists who were uh, slimmed down 
uh, this week because we had so many guests. We can only get uh, just the bare essential skeleton crew. Slim down skeletons. See, you guys are losing weight just coming on the show. You're welcome. <laughs> So thanks, uh, Trey, Lars, Larry. Great job. We appreciate uh, all your hard work. I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. So, And uh, Trey, as you can see, does uh, have some musical instincts. I couldn't talk him into coming on this show, but if this is successful, we may do another. And uh, we will be hearing from Trey, I think, blowing his horn as usual. All right, guys, that is going to do it, I think, for the rest of us. So thanks to my guest. Thanks. <clears throat> Sorry. Thanks to my crew. And most of all, thanks to all of you for watching. So until next time, so long, Bent Riders.